Okay, folks, we're back. This is episode number 27 of Our Kids Asleep, and it's brought to you by a sleeping cat named Oscar. And uh, by the way, my name is Jay Alejandro, and this is... Maddie. And together we make Our Kids Asleep, a weird show about two parents who get to catch up on the day's news and all of our favorite things, as Julie Andrews would say, uh, next to a sleeping cat. So what are we going to start talking about? I just want to let you know that Oscar is at my feet. (laughs) He's he's under the blankets. Yeah. Cuddling up oh. with me. He's a handsome cat. He's also the greatest, cuddliest cat. We love him very much. But he can be a piece of shit sometimes. <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted to try a couple of different formats and, and trying to tinker with some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. is he attacking you? Yes. <laughs> you just made this face <laughs> like he was... Okay. Um. Yeah. So we're going to talk about... Casper, just the goings-on around Casper. Right. What we would call our local segment. Yeah. And then we're going to switch it up. We're going to talk about, we're throwing it way back for the Halloween segment to The Omen. Uh, Great classic. What year was that? The 70s. That was in the 70s, and we will look that up Um, And then the last segment we're going to do is the news roundup. We figured we'd break up the news a little bit. And we want to try something different with that, too. Should oh, we yeah. keep it a secret? Let's keep it a yeah, secret we'll until it a we secret. get there, okay? okay? Let's give you guys something to, to hold on to while we get uh, get through this stuff. Sorry. Oscar, he's he's attack, yeah, attacking he's attacking you, isn't he? Get out of here. Okay, we, we love Oscar, but we are going to have to banish him. Hey. He was being super cuddly, but now no. he's attacking my wife. Go. No. Ow. Get out of here. As John Mulaney would say, quoting Harrison Ford, that's my wife. <laughs> get out of here. No, no, he's he's done. All right. So let's get going. What do we have to say the, uh, about Casper? So Saturday was my birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. And so we did some uh, some activities around town. and A lot of fun stuff. Yeah. The first thing we did was we went to the local bookstore, Wind City Books, and we... I I went there with a purpose, and that purpose was to purchase the newest illustrated version of Harry Potter. The Goblet of Fire just came out. I do want to say that that is the one place where you probably don't need a purpose, where you would just go and live there. If oh you yeah, could. yeah, I, yeah. I love that store. <laughs> um, so you know, Wind City's great. It's just like a you know a little bookstore downtown, and it's sort of the last vestiges. One of the last vestiges of. Of a mortar, brick and mortar bookstore because we don't have, you know, we don't have a Barnes and Noble. We don't have, we used to have a B. Dalton and a Walden's, but neither of those are here anymore. We have like a couple of used bookstores downtown, but Wind City's like the main uh, new indie bookstore. Yeah. And I do appreciate <laughs> that they, they don't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a, like a cool signature move, but they're, they're very nice. They gave us uh some sweet bookmarks, so thank mm-hmm. you, Win City. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I thought that Saturday was success. Was you had a wonderful yeah, it was good, wonderful birthday. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing we did was we went to the Green Acres Corn Maze. Yeah, and that's going on uh, till the end of October. I thought that it was a blast, and I got lost in the little maze. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. My son got me out. Yeah, our son loved it, and. Uh, 
we got a tractor ride, and we saw the animals <laughs> and all that fun stuff. So, and there was this this uh, somewhat scary goat that I thought looked like Black Phillip, but then I realized <laughs> that he was he was white too. So uh, he was like like a multicolored. There were a lot of goats. Goat. Yeah. I don't like the sound they make. I like it. it kind of freaks me out. Yeah, it's it's sort of. I also don't like their weird horizontal pupils. <laughs> I it's unsettling to say the least. What fun creatures. <laughs> they were they were a delight. So check out the corn maze. It's a blast and a half. And make sure that you follow the directions, get your Google Maps, because it is a ways out of town. Yeah. What else? What else happened? Um, we went to Backwards Distillery to meet some friends. Shout out to Backwards. For drinks. Good place. They uh they have they've rolled out their winter menu now so they have yeah. all the their warm fuzzy drinks. What do you like are... about Backwards Distillery? Let's just get honest here. What's not to like? It's just like the best. It's a safe haven uh and it has a completely different vibe to a lot of Casper, I think. It just it transports you not not just to like a different place, but it still feels very much local. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're you're a sellout or anything. You feel like you're supporting local casper businesses and And it's it's a great thing it's just like they have these you know they make this their menu is completely original like everything they make is with their own spirits and they they like handcraft each item on their menu um very specifically and especially for that environment and so it's really um it's a really singular experience every time you go yeah very clever use of their of their spirits. Mm-hmm. They get very creative, and I I do enjoy that. And it's a cool place to chill out. So if you get a chance, go and check those guys out. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to add about your birthday or Casper? Um, no, my birthday was fun. Um, I did read today that um, the comedian Brian Regan is coming to Casper in February, so that's something to look forward to. I think I would actually like to go see him. Uh, I mean, he's coming to. Oscar's eating plastic again. I'm sorry. We can pause it. Okay, you know what happens when we actually start praising Oscar? He starts doing horrible shit, (laughs) like eating plastic and biting you and really not wanting to be a part of anything because he wants to be the center of attention. Mm -hmm. I'm completely set on that. Yeah. He's the worst. I retract what I said about this You're the worst. He is the worst. But think of him wearing a bow tie. Oh, yeah, get a we're, we're hoping to get Oscar a bow tie. And I'm sorry that I, I had to cut you off. But what were you talking about? <laughs> oh, just oh, just that Brian Regan is coming to Casper. And uh, I think it'd be fun to go see him. It's just exciting, like, to not have to drive four hours to see someone that you'd really like to see, you know, like, because a lot yeah. of the most comedians aren't going to come aren't going to come through Casper, you know, big guys, maybe like Gabriel Iglesias is coming in. Um, I don't know sometime soon mm-hmm. and uh i'm not super interested in seeing him but it's cool that he's coming here because it'll be that's... good and i i gotta give him a shout out over at the event center because they're trying i mean they're yeah. they're trying to lure bigger ta- talent uh, mm-hmm. but ever since uh what's his face canceled um who, who the hell is that rapper lil wayne oh Oh yeah, he tried. They tried to bring him here last year, mm-hmm. and I think he remembered where Casper was, and he said, oh, "I'm not. I'm not going there." <laughs> but I don't know if he's a big deal anymore. Somebody with more, uh, more of an idea of what the the mainstream is right now could probably give me an idea. Maybe now that he lives in Wyoming, they could get Kanye. 
Yeah, let's ask uh, let's ask Kanye to do one of his Sunday services. Just yeah. a little tour around here now that he's home. Let's talk about that for a sec. Kanye West is 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 now landowner in uh, in Jackson Hole. So what do you think no, about in that? Cody in Cody, close enough. I yeah. mean, it's yeah, the gateway and, to Yellowstone. He and Kim Kardashian bought a fourteen million dollar ranch outside of Cody. Um, What's the deal with that? How do you feel about that? What was your gut reaction? I don't really care. I don't know. Like my gut reaction is, uh, I don't know, more tax revenue for our state. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, think uh, I mean, if they're they're here, they're spending money here, which I guess is a good thing. They have a lot of it to spend. So right, and more than anything, it's like bringing a brand into into the state where they're in a way creating marketing for Wyoming. You know, you can say yeah, famous people of. live here. But then again, that's sort of how it's always been because famous people always go to Jackson or yeah. in the vicinity and then they start amassing property and, and kicking uh, the lower the lower class people out. Yeah, I don't really think they – I don't know. Like, yes, that part of the state is still Wyoming, but it doesn't really – it's not really representative of the whole – of the state as a whole. Right. And so it feels a little bit – disingenuous to say like well they, yeah they're they're wyomingites they're in wyoming. now yeah like it's yeah. like okay you are in wyoming but you're in like the ritzy part of wyoming you the know? glossy the glossy experience you're in the you're in the touristy part of wyoming yeah in the rain you know, i mean you know I, I don't know i i don't really care one way or the other i think it's um I think it's probably something that isn't going to be for the long term i feel like it was probably just like a I just, I can't. Like a whim, like an impulse of yeah, some kind? Yeah, I can't imagine them, like, sticking around, you know? I mean, I know and that's not like be. their, I know that's probably not like their primary home or whatever, but it just seems like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's going to stick. Well, it, it could be, but I, I do believe that there's probably a difference of opinion about Wyoming because I was watching that interview that uh, Kim Kardashian did with one of the late night guys. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel or or John, uh, what the fuck's his name? Fallon. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he pretty much asked her, what do you think about Wyoming or what do you think about your experience? And she was just kind of like, yeah, it's okay. It was more like Kanye wanted me to do this. So I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, here we go. Let's move the family and everything. Uh, and she, she kind of gave them this story of how she had this impression that it was going to be like this, this estate, this beautiful place. And then she showed up and it was like this shoddy cabin that mm -hmm. did not have the resources that she was, uh, sort of expecting and well, for 14 million dollars yeah but but i, I guess think most of what you're paying for is the land <laughs> yeah and and ultimately she reveals that okay we're right next to to town you know like she thought that they were isolated in the middle mm. of nowhere but she looked you know like over the hill and there was like a holiday inn and there was mm. like main street and all that shit so i i think that even though she kind of saved that story or she kind of tried to to pose wyoming in in a better light she still conveyed the fact that maybe it wasn't really her thing mm -hmm. like she mostly did it for kanye who wanted to get away and make uh beautiful uh music i suppose mm -hmm. i don't know i, I mean he's he's just going to be making music about jesus now so that i think that's that's yeah, a good place for him to the go way it's going isn't it yeah but anyway i just figured we bring it up because now now the mr and mrs uh, kanye west are now in in town so mm -hmm. 
good luck to them. You know, uh, like I said, I'm more of the bandwagon of if they're going to be here, they're, they're probably going to bring in some publicity. They're going to try to open up the conversation of what Wyoming actually is, which is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. just just let them be. Uh, I'm really indifferent um, about who they are well, or whatever, but I know that they have a draw. I'll at least give them credit that they've been – there haven't been, like, any horror stories about, like, their behavior or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've seen a couple, um, like, little articles. Like, the Riverton swim team ran into them at, like, a restaurant or something. And, right. like, they were like, kind Kanye! of – they, like, took pictures. Kanye! And, yeah, that kind give of stuff. Give me your money. So. Right. At least they're not being jerks. Yeah. Yeah. But. So I, I think Wyoming is such a beautiful place that uh, I'm glad that some people are finally getting around to discovering we're, what it is. We're pretty welcoming, too. So even yeah. if we don't, I don't know. Even Just if don't don't read the Oil City News comments because, Jesus Christ, that tends to get pretty heated. Yeah. They're like, pack it up. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Yeah. But again, that's, that's a topic for another day. We'll talk about the, <laughs> the comment section. In another day. But if we want to live longer, let's just uh, yeah, avoid it altogether. That's what I do. Yeah. And with that said, uh, is there anything that we that we want to cover on top of that? Because I wanted to go over some of the events, but I think we covered uh, we covered enough stuff about yeah. Casper. Yeah, I think that's sufficient. Great place to be. So let's make it a recurring thing where we, we try to address or at least give a shout out to some of the awesome places here in town. And uh, let's let's move on to the next one because we wanted to do a little throwback. And this time around, because it's October and we want to do some blurbs about impressionable or movies that were amazingly uh, just amazing inspirations to us when when we were younger or just badass scary movies. Uh, let's talk about a classic, the 1976 film *The Omen*, which still rings in my in my ears. Uh, that beautiful soundtrack. Uh, I think that this is one of the the best movies ever, and uh, maybe we can talk about it because that's one that you've seen as well. Mm-hmm. So give me your uh, give me your thoughts, what you think about, and not just Gregory Peck, <laughs> who was a handsome devil at the time. Mm-hmm. The Omen is scary as shit, man. Like, and it holds up. Um, yeah. Obviously, I was not alive when it came out. I watched it, you know, 40-something years later, probably. <laughs> um, but it's one of those, I don't know what it was about the 70s, but that was like the sweet spot for horror movies. A lot of horror movies. They made, they made a lot of, like, uh, films rooted in a kind of realism. Yeah. I mean, they, they were kind of out there a lot of the times, but there was a foundation mm-hmm. of realism there that really transported you, that, that really made you fall for what they were trying to do in the movie. So, yeah. um, um, I like that. Yeah. It's hard to pinpoint like a point in that movie where it's not scary <laughs> because it's, it's pretty terrifying throughout. Um, I think one of the scarier moments for me is when the, I think she's like a nanny, like the nanny for the boy. Yeah. Uh, hangs herself <laughs> or she like jumps out the window. Yeah. Yeah. When and she, she, like her job is done and she's, she's like, uh, yeah, this is, Damien, for, you, this is Damien. for you. Yeah. She right. jumps out the window. Terrifying stuff. Or when, um, the mom is, doing like she's putting something up or hanging something and then Damien fucking 
runs into the ladder with his tricycle and like, almost fucking fuck kills doing, her. Man? Yeah, I don't. I, there's just something really unsettling about it, it, just like the whole like antichrist thing is set aside. There's something really unsettling about a child trying to kill his mother. Yeah, and just following impulse, not really thinking about yeah. it or anything, because you don't get the impression that he's methodically figuring no. out what he has to do. But it's just like he can't help himself. This yeah. is who he is. It's his mm-hmm. purpose, and mm-hmm. it's it's such a a powerful you know motivation for him to to follow. For those of you who don't know the Omen, which maybe some of you don't know yeah, what let's, movie let's what this that. is, um, this is sort of out of context <laughs> for you. The Omen is about the birth of the Antichrist, and uh, he he is born. Um, I guess we don't want to give up too much of the plot. I guess this movie's like fifty years old. I mean, yeah, if, if you, you haven't, haven't seen, seen it, it, come on, that, that's fine. But um, it's uh, about this this child who in the beginning he's just strange you know he Mm -hmm. he does things that normal kids don't do but ultimately you find out that he was placed in the care of of this really powerful family uh this uh i think he's he's uh an ambassador and that's That's gregory Gregory peck's Peck's character character. i can't remember if wasn't there something weird about the circumstances of how he came to be with the family? Yeah, yeah. They pretty much switched them at yeah. birth. Okay. So she and had a baby, but the one she ended up with was not the one she gave birth to. Right, right. And this this was sort of, I think, a, a lot of the things that were being planned to make sure that this child, this Antichrist child, had just the, the track that he was supposed to follow into, into world domin- domination, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the... The whole tension of the movie revolves around this family trying to understand why there's something wrong with their child. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of clues that start coming up. And, and it's pretty much a mystery of figuring out what the truth is. And uh, Gregory Peck be- befriends this uh, uh, journalist mm-hmm. or photographer who's who's been trying to locate the truth about, you know, about this these sorts of uh, occult happenings. And overall, there's there's just this underlying tension that, in my opinion, is brought about by the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack of this movie is one of the great, great soundtracks of all time, I have to say. And I actually looked up uh, a while back. I, I didn't do this just now, but I looked up what they were actually singing because it's a this chant. It's mm-hmm. a it's a religious, probably would you say like Gregorian chant kind of or, probably Latin. Yeah. yeah, they're they're singing not Gregorian, excuse me, but they're they're singing, and um, they're actually singing a prayer to Satan. Mm. And it's like I read that, and I was like what 32 at the time or something and i i was getting chills and i was scared mm-hmm. all over again because that song that i'd heard in the movie i was like my catholic influence just completely came forward and i'm like uh 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 and then i started i started like getting your, really scared your catholic like spidey senses were tingling. yeah yeah even I, though I you didn't understand shivers. it you knew that it was right. satanic right yeah. and and it's it's just so perfect for the movie and what it's trying to do. Where did they find a prayer to Satan? Is it biblical or is it something from like like a satanist I, satanist tradition? I want to look this up because I I want to that's interesting get the I, the I right information because I just remember reading like this is just perfect the way that they that they put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. 
Ave Satani is a theme song to the film The Omen, composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Mm. It won the Oscar for original score. <laughs> the song was nominated for Best Original Song. <laughs> How far have we come that Celine Dion won in 97 and then last mm. year? I, I don't know who the hell. <laughs> the Latin of Ave Satani translates to Hail Satan. Mm. Maybe Tenacious D should cover that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Goldsmith says that his idea was to create a kind of satanic version of a Gregorian chant oh. made up with ideas while talking with the London choir master of the orchestra who was helping him. He decided to create something like a black mass inverting Latin phrases from the Latin mass. The choir master, according to Goldsmith, was an expert in Latin and helped him come up with the phrases. Instead of saying Hail Mary, they decided on Hail Satan and so on. The song contains Latin phrases inverting Christ in the mass, such as Ave versus Christi, Hail Antichrist, Corpus Satani, a version of Corpus Christi, Embody Christ. So there's a whole bunch of, of just working with with these kind of holy texts and, and prayers and stuff like that and making it part of the like inverting that essentially as they're as they're saying so he and, composed and and this man this other this expert helped him write something that fit what he wanted yeah yeah but if, if you go, if you Google it right now, if you haven't heard it and you've been living under a rock, I mean, you guys, you guys have to check it out. It's incredibly powerful. And if you were to take it away from the screen, you know, and just listen to the music, it would scare you twice as hard. Like that soundtrack is a scary movie in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's incredible. I but, wonder if the, because I can't, I can't imagine that some, uh, someone who like maybe had religious leanings or grew up Catholic or something like would be able to write a song like that and not just feel totally creeped out and it's, scared. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I wonder that. if, I wonder if he was just like an atheist and like didn't. Well, they, they have to push it. I think it, it's always, especially somebody who's, if it goes against your own beliefs and you're trying to create something that, that is pushing that, you have to be the kind of artist who pushes forward mm -hmm. and tries to do something that is that is challenging even for for you. Mm -hmm. If you think that it's the right thing for the project, you hear his little squeaky mm -hmm. ball. Uh, Oscar found his little squeaky toy, so you might hear that in the background. <laughs> if you do, I'm sorry. Uh, he's just having a grand old time. <laughs> we'll try to get it next time before we start recording because mm. we I won't be able to catch him. I now. think he's upstairs. Yeah, you can just hear him, mm -hmm. hear it rattling around. But I this this reminds me of when I was writing that scary movie, uh, The Inherited, yeah. and I started doing research on the the angels or not angels, excuse me, the the demons and the hierarchy of mm -hmm. thereof. And I remember doing this, and of course, this was my mistake. I just I stayed up way too late, and I was on Wikipedia. I was looking up, you know, like on Project Gutenberg, looking at these old texts, and I I it got to about three o'clock in the morning, and when I realized what I was reading, when I kind of removed myself from the, um, like the vacuum of, of trying to do research and stuff, I realized this is the scariest thing that I've ever looked at. And I really should look away right now. <laughs> and then I realized if I look away from this, there's probably going to be something really scary behind <laughs> me. And yeah, I, I was going to poop my pants <laughs> when I was, when I was doing that. Uh, so yeah, I can imagine, and at least from my brief personal experience, that that would be terrifying. And that mostly came about because of my religious background. I mean, mm -hmm. in my in my, you know, secular mind, I guess I, I'd be going, well, that 
it is what it is, man. But just all of that upbringing came back in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this movie is so, is so terrifying to me because it does tap into, into something that, uh, that has been around for, for most of my life is just that, that fear that was preached to me from such a young age. And there's that scene too, that I really, really enjoy of the journalist after he, he's walking away, he thinks he's gotten away, but then the storm is coming and he's walking through the park and he's trying to get to, to sanctuary to a church and this is before, you know, like something horrible really happens, but the music is swelling. And then like there's there's like a swirl of leaves, you know, and like wind just kind of like blasting at him. And he just feels like he knows that something bad is coming. And that foreboding, which is like a probably like a two or three minute scene. It, it, I don't think it's that long, but it's so well done. And that fear just can like keeps bubbling that. I, I just remember really being taken by the the way that was set up and, and most of the movie is like that, but that mm-hmm. that moment in particular really sticks out in my mind. Like that is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's that and I don't know, what what uh what really sticks out in your mind or is there anything that you wanna you wanna add on on the omen? <laughs> I don't know. I've only seen it a couple times and I saw it I mean way late, like Probably just life. a few years ago. Right, right. Um, but it definitely holds up. And so I think that this would make for a fine, fine uh, Halloween or October viewing if you're into that sort of thing. So give it a give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly, highly uh, recommend it. So I'm going to tink to that. There we go. Did we tink to Casper? No. Let's, let's tink, tink to it. Casper. Double tink tonight. Thank you very much. So... Um, we're going to try to make this a, a quick, quick episode. So let's move on to our last portion of it. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Do you want to talk a bit about this or just get the ball rolling? Um, so we decided, <laughs> we decided to do, <laughs> well, you found the inspiring yeah, it's, uh, news okay. section. Yeah, so <laughs> Reddit has the uh, uplifting news subreddit which as i was talking to maddie just now while we were prepping for the news headlines i realized why the hell are we going to the regular news because that shit's going to be depressing it's not really going to be fully up our alley so why don't we go to some place that will actually give people something positive to think about and that's where uplifting news came in this subreddit is um a ray of light in a mostly shitty shitty kind of day of news and what we're going to do, much like what we did before, we're going to take the top headlines and we are going to kind of give them a, a brief commentary for the next couple of minutes. But we're going to keep it down to five. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Five's pretty good. So all of these are going to be pretty damn good, I can tell already. And I'm going to go from the fifth most popular down to the first. Okay. okay so here's one, two, three, four, five. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, number five, a village in the Philippines is trying to tackle plastic waste by offering rice to students in exchange for their trash. Residents can get one kilogram, one kilogram of rice, the staple of food for Filipinos, for every two kilograms of plastic waste, which are handed over to the government for proper disposal or recycling. 
So that is a, a hell of a headline for a community that's trying to do more for itself. And I'm sorry that, oh, I thought that the video was going to play, play as it tends to. So this is from uh, Reuters. That, why, why is the English language like this? <laughs> why is that pronounced Reuters? Yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought it was a hemorrhoid magazine at first, but <laughs> then I learned English. Uh -huh. um, this is from Manila. So thoughts on this? Sorry. <laughs> Come on, babe. Um, Guera, look alive. <laughs> That's what I was going to tell you. That's what we were going to talk about, but we'll we'll come back to um, it. <laughs> That's what we were laughing so hard about. Um, no, I think this is great. I think it's a... Um, uh, it's a really good solution to a big problem, yeah. especially in that part of the world. There's a lot of plastic waste and it's not properly disposed of a lot of the time and it just ends up in landfills or in the ocean. And Yeah. And it's, it's a prime example of, of government or at least a village trying to do the right thing for each mm -hmm. other, which is something that is not happening at all in, in our community. So I think that we can definitely benefit from this kind of behavior, looking at our own communities and saying, what's the issue? How can we come together and help each other uh, make a difference? So that is that is a tremendous thing. Um, do you want to read a little bit of it or, or do you feel pretty good about this no, one? I think it's pretty straightforward. Pretty self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. And that's usually how it goes with happy stories. The self-explanatory ones are really uh, what it's all about because it should be that simple. Mm -hmm. It really should be. So are you ready for number four? Mm -hmm. Okay. In the third quarter of 2019, the UK's wind farms, solar panels, biomass, and hydro plants generated more electricity than the combined output from power stations fired by coal, oil, and gas for the first time. Mm -hmm. So that means that there is progress on the horizon. This That's is awesome. from a website called Carbon Brief. This is... Uh, Clear on climate. That is their, their headline. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a, a science and energy um, website. And it says during the first three months or during the three months of July, August and September, renewables generated an estimated total of 29.5 terawatt hours compared to just 29.1 terawatt hours from fossil fuels. And I think that's the beginning of the tipping, tipping point for, for this kind of, uh, of new age of, uh, of, technology and energy, but we are so resistant just a, as a whole. And it's, it's difficult to see how these changes or how these developments are going to be implemented in a country like the U S which is so staunch on its old ways and so overly reliant on oil and, and gas that, um, I don't know. I also don't think other countries have a, as big of a problem as we do in this country of lobbying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I really do think that lobbyists will be the downfall of this country. Right. Special interests sinking money into their own, you know, into their own, into things that only benefit their bottom line, you know, and I don't, I really don't think other countries have these hangups. And this was the same, this was an issue when um, the New Zealand uh, mass shooting happened. Oh yeah, you that know, was a clear they, example of that, wasn't it? They passed common sense gun laws in less than a week. 
after it was, that It was like happened. three days. It, was it wasn't really, even that long. And the Americans were like, what? You can do that? And I'm like, no, we can't because we have the NRA. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's so clear when you see what other countries are accomplishing. What they're capable Versus of. what we're accomplishing. Because we're way behind in terms of, you know, renewables and in terms of a lot of things. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with the special interests holding us back. Yeah. What, what else is there to say? I think that that is as common sense as you, as you get and as the, the situation gets, but it's, it's difficult for the country to voice its opinion when, when somebody's turned off the megaphone. Yeah. Um, because we do, we do no, have, they a just me- stuff their money in the megaphone. Yeah. So yeah. That you can't be heard. Like, no, I, you don't get a megaphone. Yeah. I wish I got the money out of the megaphone, though. I didn't even get that. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? So, yeah, let, I think that that's uh, uh, something to look forward to maybe in uh, in 40 years. We'll see. I'm being optimistic. Yeah, Overly optimistic. 40 years is optimistic, for okay. sure. Okay. There's a, a lot of climate change stuff happening on, on these top news. Plastic bag use down 90% in England since the five-pound levy. Mm. This Did is they from, tax it? Yeah, it looks like it. This is from a website called Economia. Yeah, Economia. The sales of plastic bags in in England's largest supermarkets have fallen by 90% in the four years since the government introduced the five-pound levy. And again, we, we go back to the same thing. I mean, it's not like there's a plastic lobby trying to keep us from using these bags, but um, – the the convenience of something like a plastic bag and the habit of it is, is something that is going to be very difficult to break in this country. But yeah, I do we think, have to do it. I do think that the some states are having some success at a local level, even like a city level. Like they've they're banned in Los Angeles. They're banned when we lived there. They had banned plastic bags in, in grocery Seattle? stores in Seattle. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely happening at a local level. Um, but in terms of like, you know, I, I mean, I think there needs to be, in order for it to like take hold all over the place, there needs to be a little bit more incentive. Yeah. And, and not that. even that. I mean, you you know what the big problem is, is at least in this country, I believe that maybe it's a lack of, of communal understanding about, about waste, Mm-hmm. more than anything is is understanding the repercussions of that and how in in our daily lives as Americans we're not aware of the of the repercussions of our own waste whether it's plastic or whether it's just any other kind of trash the shit that we put out into into the world you know some we're still going to be accountable for that and so i think there there is a kind of of need to to educate people from a younger age that it's not right to behave in, in the way that like your, that your city, your, your country, your planet is like your own personal trash can. Mm -hmm. And maybe by, by starting to share these kinds of values early on, we can create um, a society or at least a community where it's a lot easier to think that recycling is not is not like a waste of time mm-hmm. because some people feel that way like yeah. if you if you talk to maybe your average person i've i've heard that um most people don't want to do it because it's it's just a, a mild inconvenience mm-hmm. it's unnecessary it's 
not something that is directly in line with where they need to go. So, when you know, and it also kind of depends on your community and like how easy they make it. Like, there's some communities where like curbside recycling is just a city service that mm-hmm. you already pay for. Yeah, here it's not. Yeah, um, you have to pay separately, like a right. specific service to pick up your recycling. Or you have to take it to a recycling center on your own. Right. And it's it's not a priority here because we we just don't make it a priority as mm-hmm. a as a community because us adults, I think a majority of us just were never informed of that kind of information. I, I just think it it has to do with, with something that we're learning now as we go along. We should have started doing this a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. So now we have to play catch up and that's why it seems so so much worse, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But this is a step in the right direction, I think. And, you know, we've actually curtailed our, our use of plastic bags a lot, don't you think? Yeah. In this household. I mean, we, we've tried in mm-hmm. in a very small way to to use the uh, the reusables when we can. Yeah. And uh, we only use them for the for the cat poo. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and yeah, that, I guess, them. we can try. Oh, it's 5P, Levy. I thought it was five pounds. No, five P, I think, is five pence. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's pretty steep, isn't it? <laughs> no wonder they've curbed to their usage <laughs> like, Holy so shit. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know the, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. It's It's got to be a, yeah. Because it would have the little pound sign in front of it if it was five pounds. So that's a, a pence? Yeah, it's, five, it's like five pennies. Or I don't know what the exchange rate is. Like five vice presidents? <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Environment Secretary, she says, no one wants to see the devastating impact plastic waste is having on our precious wildlife. Today's figures are a powerful demonstration that we are collectively calling time on being a throwaway society. That was from the Environment Secretary, Teresa Villiers. Mm-hmm. Villiers. How do you say that? Probably Villiers, if she's British. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, I just wanted to hand that off to you. You're my pronunciation expert. <laughs> now let's go to the next one over. Uh, <laughs> this one, this one's pretty cool. There's some prospects here. This is from CBS News. Active agent in magic mushrooms could treat addiction, depression, and anxiety. Mm. This comes from 60 Minutes. You know, what's funny that you should mention that now because I just listened to a podcast today and Greg, Fitz, Greg Fitzsimmons was the the host, the guest. Uh-huh. And he was just talking about how um, back in the 60s and before, ma- mushrooms were actually being tested like by legitimate medical institutions yeah. to treat addiction, depression, all that stuff. But Nixon's war on drugs put a stop to that. And they even mm. destroyed evidence. Like they, Are you serious? they destroyed research. Wow. Um, showing that mushrooms were um, helping and treating these, these <laughs> patients. And they're just now like rediscovering that some of that research that was suppressed or destroyed. That is bananas. That is fucking bonkers. I don't even know why we bother sometimes. And and in this article, they're they're, uh, framing it in a way that uh, this, uh, I guess, psilocybin was um, 
was being used to assist uh, cancer patients who are um, suffering anxiety mm -hmm. over their illness. And uh, it's been able to provide them a peaceful acceptance. And uh, those who have participated in the study um, received, uh, let's see here, intensive therapy and being given a drug that was once a symbol of the 60s counterculture. They say the psychedelic psychedelic experience helped them overcome their problems like depression and addiction. So they spoke with Anderson Cooper. If you want to go to their website over on 60 Minutes, you can look it up there. But it's remarkable that that this is possible, but horrifying that it's kept from from the limelight. Yeah. And this shit happens time and time again, caused by individuals who have an agenda without really understanding what they're fighting. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about Nixon, and I'm talking about the fact that this this is like 50 years delayed in its development. Well, and you can't tell me that this isn't going to be that the drug companies are not going to throw everything they have to suppress this type of information because if people are turning to magic mushrooms to treat cancer and depression and addiction and as end of life care, mm -hmm. like those drug companies aren't going to be able to sell things to anybody. So right. in order to protect their own skins, their own bottom line, they're going to suppress this stuff. But this is the beauty of capitalism too. And you're going to see this. Okay. The moment that those tactics fail to, to work and they fail to keep a stronghold of that market, they will monetize. Yeah. Mushrooms. That's true. And that's going to happen. That's, that's coming in, in what, 10, 15 years where they're going to see that the, the tide is going to turn on what they have to offer and they're going to move on to the next thing, mm -hmm. which is going to be this. And then they will find another way to cut it or fuck it up or do something that will that will cause the, the working individual to suffer and pay for it even more. Mm -hmm. And that's that's going to be just a recurring thing. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll be able to, you know, keep those uh, lobbyists on a, on a leash, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Not mm -hmm. tonight. And I already had my eggnog, so I think my happy moment came like 20, 20 minutes ago when we mm -hmm. started this thing. But let's let's uh, hope that these folks are able to have access to to some of this, uh, some of these medications and you some shrooms. Okay, I'm gonna save that one. Just do some research on it. Okay, we'll we'll come back to that one. And now uh, something to lighten your day a little bit more. I, are, do you feel like this is working or are we kind no, of getting, yeah, I think becoming downers? Is, no, I like this a lot I mean, better. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can probably turn anything into a downer if I wanted to, but I think these are more uplifting. Than... I think so too. I feel so good about life and myself <laughs> and just feeling like one day when I'm ill, I'll be able to chew on some mushrooms and life will be good again. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Now, the top headline for uplifting news this week is this from CNN.com. Despite 14 stitches and a black eye, Jimmy Carter is back to building homes. That man is a warrior. That man is an American treasure. And he has done more outside of the presidency than any other president uh, currently alive at this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could have he been painting. <laughs> he could have been developing that craft. But instead, he chooses to do a very humanitarian, beautiful thing. Not to knock art, you know, the the craft that goes into painting, but I'm just saying, you know, things things are a little bit different. Uh, 
But I guess when I think about this, and, and I'm sorry that I'm going on a tangent, when you've gone through eight years as the president of the United States, I don't think I, I could blame anyone for going like, you know what, I got enough gray hairs, I'm going to, I'm just going to go paint, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I don't know, that that might be a too bit of a heated thing, but I just want to give Jimmy Carter a big thumbs up and a big tank because did he get hurt while building houses? No, he fell at his home. Oh. Um, I think he he just fell and and he he hit his hit his, his face. Yeah, mm -hmm. poor Jimmy Carter. Look at him, babe. He's so he's so old. Yeah, and tired, but he's still doing what he can. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ! Look at him. He's he's hammering. He's got his wife he's there. He said, "Come on over. You got to do this with me oh. too." Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the Jimmy and Rosalind. He builds houses. They yeah. build houses for Habitat for Humanity. He's done that for years. Yeah, yeah. And, he's uh, old as balls. Yeah. He's 96, I think. Is that right? Let's take 90... a look. 95. Wow. He turned 95 last week because I remember that he he had his um, his accident. Mm -hmm. And then like the following day, he was at a, an, at an event for this. Mm. So I, I feel that I feel so overjoyed and inspired by people like this who, mm -hmm. in spite of everything, they continue to to provide inspiration and, and goodwill to to other people who who deserve it. And he's that's pretty amazing. No matter your your politics, I mean, for somebody to do that and, and continue on such a trajectory after so much mm -hmm. is is really um yeah, it, it swells the heart. Yeah, I've heard some people say that Jimmy Carter didn't have the he didn't have the cutthroat nature in him, and that's why he wasn't a two term president. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like I've heard my mom say that. I've heard my grandma say that. Mm. But, like he was, he was too kind. Yeah. To be president. Right. Like he was too, he was too kind hearted and too, I don't know, like he had too much faith in people yeah. to be president almost. Yeah. Like, and to some degree, you kind of get that feeling like maybe to, in order to be president, you have to sort of be. You have to play the game. Yeah. You have to play the game. And if you can't play the game or if you refuse to play the game, then it's probably not going to work out. Yeah. Well, you. one of two things, right? It's it either. It's going to mold you into what that position needs to be mm -hmm. for that that system, that hierarchy that's already set, or it's going to spit you out. So I feel in in this way about Obama a little bit in that he came in and the man is is still I think a one of the great presidents that we've had in a long long time, but he did change because he understood by the time he was done what the system was. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's only so much I can do, or I'm going to have to find a way to still retain a little part of myself, but give a lot of myself up mm -hmm. to make sure that I can keep things going in a way. And that's something that a lot of, a lot of folks don't think about. It's not just the left fighting the right or the, you know, conservatives fighting the liberals. It is what the establishment is with or without these sides and what they wanted to do or what mm -hmm. it wants to do. 
Yeah, and you're not one man or woman is not going to be able to change, right? To change, yeah. That. And and what we what needs to happen? I mean, Bernie talks about this all the time when he refers to a revolution. I mean, you have to change the the course of who you're putting into these elected offices because you have to do more than just think about the president when mm-hmm. you're when you're getting somebody in there. So it it really requires a lot more to drain the swamp, as they say. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the president. No. But in any case, shout out to uh, President Jimmy Carter and doing what he can. And I really hope that he can take a break sometime soon. Yeah. I don't mean dying. I, <laughs> I really hope that he's he's around for a little bit longer. Yeah. He's a great inspiration to us all. And I think that we've we have uh we have spoken enough. What do you think? Yeah, we've done good. Yeah. Shout out. Do you, oh, do you want to tell him the uh, the look alive bit? Because I just thought this was hilarious and <laughs> this is probably very disrespectful. I'm oh, sorry. So at, uh, <laughs> we went to dinner last night at the at a local Mexican restaurant and <laughs> we were at the end of dinner and I had my phone out. I shouldn't have had my phone out, but I had my phone out glancing at my email and like one of the bus girls or the hostesses came by and asked me, I didn't realize she was speaking to me, asked me in Spanish if I was done with my plate. <laughs> and I completely did not hear her. I did not know that she was talking to me. I just remember you looking up like a deer in the headlights. Huh? <laughs> I felt really bad. And then she like asked again, you were like, your plate. It's like, yeah, I gave her the plate. <laughs> And what did you say? I said, Guera, look alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we had to we had to reference Nacho Libre. Yeah. Yeah, one of the great films of all time. It's not a Halloween movie. If not, we'd talk about that. Uh but maybe we could start a podcast about that. Maybe I'll ask Chris to come along. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Um I don't know. I'm I'm just uh, Mexican by association now. I think. Yeah, so I, I think sometimes you know, I get spoken to in Spanish, yeah. not realizing that I don't speak Spanish. You, you walk in and I'm by your side, and you got this this little boy mm-hmm. who looks just like fifty percent of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually surprised that it doesn't happen more than it, more than now, yeah. more than it does. What am I trying to say? Yeah, more often. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Guera, look alive. <laughs> so now he's been calling me Guera all week. <laughs> all right. Well, I apologize if I offended anyone with that. And I hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful night. And we're going to go sleep. Yeah. I think. Yeah. That's yeah. anything else? Oscar's finally asleep. Okay. Sign it off. What, what are they supposed to do? Good night, Oscar. You're going to tell them to subscribe. That's, oh, yeah. That's your part. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, please. It helps us out. And if you want to email us, you can email us at ourkidsasleep at gmail.com. Lovely. Lovely. Have a good night, folks. Good night. Good night.